The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting issue of the Major Spoilers podcast. So glad you could be with us this weekend. <sighs> the weekend, uh, Matthew. Heck. By the time listeners are listening Fine. to this, I could be out of town. Heck, I could be yep. dead. And for those of you who are listening to this, to this <laughs> right now, if it's past 3.45 p- p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm probably done with my awesome new job. Yay! You like that new job a lot? Yay! Honestly, I do. Yeah. I, is it the people? Is it is the product that you're doing? What's What's the deal with that? There's an aspect of what I do that is very much like the monthly comic book publication. Uh And it's a question of, what have you done for me lately? And I feel like in my original project, there was a real heavy thing on the the issue resolution, the IR that I've whined about. You have to get a certain percentage IR or we beat you to death. (laughs) What have you done for me lately? Right. That is still here, but... Do you have IR in this position? Yes and no. I helped to launch this call center back in the the Mm mid-2000s. And one of the things that I really really enjoyed about that portion was we were all learning together, and it was all something new, and we were putting it together. And if there wasn't a policy, we had to make one. Right. There's a little bit of that because the, the product that we're representing and that we're doing support for is a new product. Mm-hmm. And it's something that it, it ties in a lot of things that I'm good at and have done previously. There's an aspect of television production. There's an aspect of um, of uh, broadcast. There's an aspect of all sorts of things to it. And it ties into what I've learned over the last three years. But it's not all codified the way it was when I was working for the unnamed major uh, phone network provider. <coughs> but... um. In any case, it's interesting to me to be in a situation where we are kind of re, we are, we're branding something, we're creating something. And right. So there's still IR and there's still AHT, average handle time, and there's still mm-hmm. all the things that I'm used to coaching, but there's also an aspect of how are we going to create this? How are we going to build this? What are we going to do to make this better? So it's different. And, you know, after three and a half years in one position, different sometimes can be all you really need. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I could tell you stories. Um, yes. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's. Trust me. <laughs> I was trying to find a story here that I wanted to talk about that happened earlier this week. I mean, obviously, the big news for this week is going to be uh, DC and the reorganization and people moving and people losing their jobs. And, and we feel bad for the people that lose their jobs. Um but, but in they the, can come and write for major spoilers if they're willing to work for Luthor dollars. <laughs> for Luthor dollars. They might be a little bit bitter Jeff about Jeff Johns DC. does the hero history of <laughs> Jeff I think Johns. I think we've been reading the hero history as uh, envisioned by the Jeff Johns since uh, Green Lantern Rebirth. <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. No, seriously, it is true. Um what, uh, you know, this week on The Want List, this video show that we've been doing that talks about all the cool little bits of ephemera that are out there, the question this week that I had for the, for the viewers was, what is there beyond comic books? If you, were, if you were collecting something beyond comic books, what do you like to stock your comic book room with? Obviously, mine are empty beer cans and trash. 
I, I hope, you know, if, if hoarders ever came to my home, Matthew, to do an episode of hoarders, they'd probably start digging <laughs> through the rubble and then they'd uncover a bunch of, of papers or something and there'd be like Stan Lee laying on the floor. Oh, thank God I've been here for ages, true believers. Um, but <laughs> hang loose heroes. <laughs> I've been buried here since Spider-Man went off the air. But I wonder, is there something that you really collect? For me, it is either statues or action figures. I'm not so much into the t-shirts. I'm not, uh, so much into the art, although I have bought, uh, art occasionally, but I do know that there are a lot of people who are heavy into comic book, book art. Um, and I know just, you know, some people are into little little toys but some people are into the really expensive things i mean i like my action figures i think they're fun i think there's potential for them for display purposes i like the statues they fill out a room nicely what what about you statues are a little spendy for me um Mm -hmm. i usually don't have that much scratch all at once i have a thing for action figures to some degree um this week i i finally tracked down a fifth doctor with hat uh comic-con variant I have the fifth doctor and the 10th doctor standing together. Um, before that, I, it took me forever to, to track down the madman figure from the independent comics back oh, yeah, around yeah. Uh, about the time that they launched DC direct. Actually, I was heavily into that. I collected the uh, justice society. The Legion got out of hand quickly. I missed Monel, which was the fourth figure released, and I never really recovered. So I've got like eleven of the seventeen Legionnaires. Oh, really? Because you know, I've only um, got three of those, and I was always disappointed because I was trying to get all of them. But I think they came out like when I was making a transition from one state to another, and then when I moved it to was a new cricket, state, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was when I moved from Atlanta to uh, to California. I missed out on them, and then when I moved from California to Kansas, I know that's when those were going on. And of course, moving here, this place was a was a hole as far as comic books and merchandise uh, was available. Right. So I missed out on a well, lot I, of stuff I, and I was very disappointed on that. I, I do collect one other thing. And uh, I've actually, um, one of the things about my new job, there's Victorian doilies. <laughs> we, we, I've had a chance to uh, have a lot more interaction with the discovery channel. Oh yeah. And I don't know if you've ever watched the discovery. Channel. I love the discovery. Channel. The discovery channel covers all sorts of things and one of the things that they covered were lions and i i was watching this and it was talking about you know the lions and how the male lions are designed to be big and and you know they have the big mane and they're designed to be intimidating but they're really bulky and And they don't necessarily get around yeah and and the lionesses take care of you know all of the things of the tribe and I think what I do is I, I collect uh, girls who act as my lionesses because I'm too bulky to move <laughs> and, like, bring me stuff. Uh, that I is, don't know what that is. That is, that is funny. It's, it, you just had to. It's actually my joke because uh, my, my wife and I actually rent uh, part of the house to a friend who used to be our nanny when our child was younger. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I have a tendency to just yell, lionesses, bring me water, and then I get beaten <laughs> sense. I see I'm being kicked right now. <laughs> but there, there are a lot of things that I collect without intending to collect. For a while, I was collecting um, trading cards off and on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I still have a complete set of trading cards from the Black Hole. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, uh, a really entertaining but annoying set of trading cards uh, that came out around 95 or so. Um, a big set of monkeys trading cards. It's like 150 cards and 
Like They're these the Mickey rare Dolan glow in the dark. Mickey Dolan's yeah, and the, the monkeys. Uh, okay. Well, I didn't know if you meant like, ooh, yeah. ooh, ha, ha, or if you meant, hey, hey, we're the no, monkeys. I mean, the monkeys. Yes. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Uh, I, I can also sing, sing their theme song in Italian if you'd like. Hey, hey, we're the but monkeys. People say we're monkey monkeys. Siamo me na mantachiki. Uh, it's a little known fact singing. that in the 60s, in order for a show to be on Italian television, supposedly the theme song had to be sung in Italian. So they dragged poor Mickey Dolan. Oops, we lost Matthew. <laughs> Happened last week, too. What's going on here, listeners? Suck. Hang on. Wait. Oh, now wait. you're back. There you go. I'm back. Up. Oh, it. Up. Oh, nope, you're back. So anyway, they dragged you Mickey Dolan's. Year? They they dragged Mickey Dolan into a to studio. Okay, a studio, and they gave him this phonetic transliteration oh. of "Hey Hey We're the Monkeys" in Italian, and Mickey had to sing this thing in fake Italian. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. So you know that's kind of cool. But anyway, getting back to my collection of junk, mm-hmm. I have just all sorts of crap in my nerd room. Yeah, you know, I and it's it's like random crap. I have a pretty enormous comic collection. Yeah. Um, I still have most of my G.I. Joe toys from when I was a, a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I got some of the big ones. I never got the, uh, the giant ship, but I got the tank and the bridge builder. And I have the, uh, the Sky Striker, the F 14 Tomcat. Love that airplane, by the way. Um, when I was really young, and I don't have any of these anymore that I know of, unless they're in a box somewhere, my grandmother was an Avon representative and I used to, collect the avon bottles that were shaped like cars oh yeah yeah i remember those the aftershaves yeah where you'd have like yeah and they all smelled like ass but the cars were really (laughs) awesome and a lot of sometimes they'd vary i think i actually had i think i had one of those one or two of those yeah you know if you go around smelling like wild country you go to hell but in any case, you know, every once in a while I'll go into like a flea market and I'll see those and some little, you know, lizard brain part of me goes, ooh, you should get those for your collection, even though I don't actually have a collection anymore. Yeah. <laughs> my my grandmother collected tons and tons of um, salt and pepper shakers for oh, like yes. 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. And she had all these awesome salt and pepper shakers and, of course – you know, it, it, this is what I see in my future because I know that my daughter is going to do this. But her children started selling her stuff before she died. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they they moved her into private quarters, and they're like, "We're going to sell your collection." And I'm like, "Oh, you bastards!" <laughs> I think that's going to be my one rule for the kid. I'm going to tell her, "Kid," and she's going to say, "Stop calling me kid." But I'm going to tell her that if she intends to have any inheritance, she cannot sell daddy's stuff until he is well and truly dead. Like, you know, because then she's going to open up, she's going to open up that letter from the lawyer and says, congratulations, all that stuff you didn't sell. That's your inheritance. Hooray. Hooray for Zoidberg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was a time. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There was a time. There was a time when I would, um, and I'm not even sure that I would call it a collection necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I would seek out pictures of my favorite Marvel character drawn by various artists. Oh, yeah, yeah. Six or ten of those that were kind of cool. 
I have to be very careful because I have one of those OCDs we've talked about before that when I start collecting yeah. stuff, it just goes out of control. Um, and so I have You're to be, that guy. I am that guy. I, uh, you know, I hardly even listen to it anymore, but, um, coast to coast AM when I discovered it back in like mm-hmm. 95, whatever it was, it was available to where you could actually download it in a real media format. And I was just obsessed uh-huh. with listening to Art Bell all the time. And so I was starting to download these and archive these onto CD. And then years later when they had this MP3 subscription so that you can listen to the show, because quite frankly, if it wasn't for a, an online subscription that I could download and listen to at my convenience, I'd never get to listen to it again. But I have become obsessed right. with collecting and keeping every single one of those programs, even the ones that I don't like or even listen to. They still go into... Right. A file, and I've got probably, I don't know, probably four terabytes of Coast to Coast AM from '95 oh. till today. It is, it is bad, well, this bad, is, bad. And so I have to be very careful when it comes not- to, like, when Rodrigo got me hooked on Magic uh, last year. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, let's just stop off at the store and let me buy a couple of packs. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Let me just buy a couple of packs of cards. And uh, and so finally, I just had to go cold turkey and just say, Rodrigo, just take it, run away, take it. I don't ever see it again. And so I have to be very careful with everything that I collect because it's going to go insane in the membrane at some point for me. Well, and there's there's a side to that that most people don't think about. Sure, there's the side where you see like you know hoarders and uh, someone can't find the bottom of their house. But then right. there's also there's the story of Edgar Church. You remember Edgar Church? No, I don't. Who's Edgar Church? We didn't go to college with years him, and years. No, 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 no. This was way before our time. Years and years ago, going back to the 19, I want to say 30s, Edgar Church was an artist. He was a commercial artist. Okay. And he would buy things to use as references. Uh Basically, the world's biggest swipe file. Right. And Church started collecting these things. And because this was professional reference for him, he stored it. And he stored it well. And uh, Edgar Church died in like 1970-something. Mm-hmm. And um, the, his family called up a local store and said, hey, come out and look at this. And, of course, the guy who came out was a man named Chuck Rosansky. And Chuck showed up and said, wow, look at you know all of this. And the woman's like, we want to get rid of all this junk. And he started looking. And he was finding, you know, like 1950s Superman comics and things going back to EC and right. going back even earlier than that. And one of the things that they found was um, the, to date, best-known copy of Action Comics number one ever sold. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Chuck bought this and used the investment to found Mile High Comics. Oh, and, right. I remember that story. Uh, sure. The Edgar Church collection has become known as the Mile High Collection. Sure. And, of course, it's one of the, it's one of the most, you know, one of the largest and most valuable comic collections and probably the single most valuable pedigree in comic book collecting. And now, you know, but the the rest of the story, let's see the mile high collection and Mm -hmm. these ash cans of like flash comics, number one that are selling for $5 million or going for $5 million on eBay right now. These are all, you know, interesting stories and they're good stories. But the problem is the Joe schmuck today 
will hear that story about the Mile High Collection and go, what, you mean I just keep my comic books around for 20 years and they're going to be worth millions? I better start going down and buy every variant cover that's out there. Yeah, we're all going to talk in Stephen's <laughs> mind when we go down to the B. Dalton, see? We're going to talk like Edward G. Robinson, see? And we're going to keep our comic books and we're going to make a million dollars, see? 1920s well, guy. Problem is that you're not, and I, th- I don't know, I, you know, I think most people like you and I who went through the 90s and went through the 80s and everything have realized that yeah. there's no point in really collecting comics because they're not, uh, because of the mass market and that no they do to them now in the mass printing. Right. That there's no way we're going to be able to make a million dollars off of our collection unless we've invested five million dollars into our collection. Right. Um, but that's not entirely true either. But you hear these stories I mean, about, you know, Action Comics number one selling and saving this family's home and they, they can keep their home now. Yay, how great that story is. And then somebody's like, I can go down and buy a copy of uh, uh, Birds of Prey number five and that's going to be worth a million dollars someday. And I and I don't – I mean I understand and I appreciate these great stories. But at the same time, I think it just sets a lot of people up for a miserable failure in about ten years. There's something that you have to keep in mind that we don't have now. Or maybe we do have, depending on how you look at it. The thing we don't have is paper rationing. Right. In World War II, when the books were actually read and disposed of and recycled for the war effort. Yep. The thing that we do have is an expectation of value for things Mm -hmm. that have no value. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Franklin Mint collector's plates, like uh, <laughs> holiday ornaments from, uh, what is it? Hallmark every year puts out the holiday ornaments. And I have right. like an opus as Santa Claus. And I have, okay, I have my piece de resistance, which is a glow-in-the-dark Millennium Falcon. Ah. You plug it in and the, the little uh, vooper, the yeah, thing yeah, on the yeah. back, the, the, the hyperspooter turns yeah. blue. The so, hyperspooter. But I, I have no illusion. If you go into any strip mall in America, you will find the section where they have those ornaments and where you have the Franklin Mint plates and where you have the Burger King collectible glasses from the 70s. People have an expectation that things are going to be valuable. Did you ever see that? um, When it comes to comic books, especially, comic books are only valuable when they're rare. Right. I think the only way to make a comic book valuable, and if I had the money, I would go out and buy up like Every copy nope. of uh, of Cato nope. Origins number four, every copy, nope. and then just burn them all nope. but one. Why not? Nope. Why not? Why can't well, I do for that? For one thing, even today, books have a run of thirty or forty thousand issues. I know, but I'm saying I'm going to buy even if every you had copy. the hundred and fifty. Well, if you had the hundred and fifty thousand dollars to find <laughs> all the issues. You wouldn't need to sell the book to make the $150,000. Plus, rarity is only half of it because rarity has to be accompanied with notability or, you know, a demand. It's a supply and a demand. It's like what you Father Guido Sarducci busting down the doors to get uh, Cato Origins number four? I don't know. They may be. And five years from now, they may be even more. I mean, look at, what is it, New Mutants 90-something, 99, maybe, the first appearance of Deadpool. New Mutant books ain't worth a dime unless they're the first appearance of Cable or the first appearance of Deadpool. Or Bishop. But those two New Mutant books spike 10... No, Bishop didn't appear in New Mutants. Bishop first appeared in X-Men 281, I believe. Ah, yes. But yes, in any of case... Uh-huh. How foolish of me. Don't play that game with me. <laughs> I will take you down. 
I put you on your head. Proceed. You please. pay me absolutely like a, a dollar an hour plus tips. You send me Luther dollars because I know this stuff. Oh, by the way, your Luther and, dollar you know, payment shipment is going to be late this month. You suck. <laughs> we actually had this moment a couple of months ago at the store. Since we don't really have a format for this episode, and it's kind right, of right. A, you know, yeah, just breeze. flow and shoo, yeah. Dion, Dion, the the new manager slash owner who replaced Tom Grice, who is wrong, sir, wrong. wrong. Dion, who I now refer to as uh, Mister Lumberg, because this weekend he asked me to move my desk right up against that back. <laughs> my, my comic station has moved further back in the building because we're thinking about adding a soda fountain. What? But um, really, you heard it here first. No, 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 no. This will work. We'll talk about it later. Well, I, anyway, you know, I, I agree. Dion that it will had, work, but not soda. Dion had a stack of comics, and these comics came in, and some of them were Golden Age books. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Bullet Man. No, not Bullet Man. Forgive me. Spy Smasher. Skate Man. Skate from Fawcett Comics. Okay. Number 11. Uh, you may remember Spy Smasher from the JLU episode with the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Right. Spy Smasher, number 11, was a full-size comic. But what Dion was being offered to sell was a teeny tiny little copy about the size of... You remember those miniature breakfast cereals that we yeah, used to be able to buy? an ash can. An ash can copy. Well, it's right? not even an ash can copy. Oh, it's not? But he looked at, yeah, what it was, he looked at it, and Spy Smasher number 11 is a $500 book. And he was looking at that and thinking, this is a $500 book, should I buy it? And I happened to catch it on the desk, and I left him a note, and the note said, Dion, I see the $500 tag on this. This is a mighty midget version of Captain of, of uh, Spy Smasher. Mm-hmm. It's on page something under the promotional comics. It's worth about one-fifth of the original. Do not pay as though this were a $500 book. And I came back the next week, and the first thing Dion said to me was, this is why you have a job. Yeah. This is why I pay you. One day he handed me a book, and he's like, I can't figure out what this is. It says Ghost Rider on the cover. But I look in the interior and I'm like, well, that's probably A1 Comics. And I and I, I started talking about A1 Comics because the big companies back in the day had anthology titles. Right. Like Dell Dell's Four Color and DC's Showcase. And A1 was Magazine Enterprise's anthology title. And I remembered uh from something I read once somewhere, and I think it was probably from, you know, AC Comics Femforce, that the original Ghost Rider appeared in a1 comics and once again he looked it up and i was right and he was like see this is why i pay you so little <laughs> but yeah I mean, moments like that you know moments like that make the worst month of ir worth it or moments when i get to write about the sons of the tiger well you know uh you had mentioned a moment ago about um soda fountain now the soda fountain i don't agree with because soda fountain's a little bit sticky but uh, when my mm. wife and I, we've been married seven years now. I know, not as long as you. You've been married, what, 15 or something? Uh, um, I'm working on 15. I think yeah. it's either 15 or 16. Uh, but when we were first married, we really got into a point where we could open up a comic book store, and we knew where we were going to do it and and uh, had some ideas. But we knew that maybe a good idea would be to combine it, not just a comic book store, but also coffee shop. 
So people could come in, sit down, have their coffee, read comic books, buy comic books, all that kind of stuff. Is that what Dion's thinking mm-hmm. with a soda fountain? Essentially, right now, we sell soda by the bottle. Oh, okay. I see. And instead of soda by the bottle, he's thinking we can get a dispenser mm-hmm. and you know sell somebody the cup less expensive than a soda by the bottle. Right. They can have the cup. You know, they spend less. We spend less. We make more by spending less. Because, you know, a soda fountain is considerably cheaper than soda by the bottle. Yeah. And you figure, you know, you can buy the cups at, like, Sam's Club when we go and buy, you know, tape and you know, Right. And this is for your gamers? Store. Yeah. Well, this is for people who come in the store. We have Gamer two Saturday. full game rooms. Yeah. Well, and people come through. You know, people just go through and they're shopping and they want to drink. Really? Um, our location right now is near a Wendy's, or excuse me, a fast food restaurant whose name shall remain nameless <laughs> with Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> that, that ends with Indies. Right. But it's not necessarily, you know, you, we used to be right next to a convenience store. So you could go get your oh, food right, and your right, drink right. and come into the store, which used to irritate me to no end, mind you. But, you know, we had, we have the, the soda cooler now you can buy like a 20 ounce bottle of sure but and i i think it's workable i think it's going to be an interesting plan mm-hmm. but you know you also have to take into account maybe what we should do is see if we can find somebody to produce the old slurpee cups again the marvel slurpee cups from the 70s like yeah, they had I at 7-Eleven. yeah i love those we should totally have those because if you have those at the comic store, people will pay like five bucks for a soda like they do at the movies. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Get us, get us Lurpy machine too. Yeah. A $5 soda and a $20 bucket of popcorn. <laughs> greasy popcorn, greasy fingers touching your comic books. Yeah, that's all right. My comic books be, are sealed. And they're not going to be, they're not going to be worth anything down the road. You know, Wonder Woman got uh, Wonder Woman got some pants not too long ago, and it got everybody all in a tizzy. Right. She was struck by uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz's pantsinator. Ah, I've got the pantsinator. Well, apparently, Perry the Platypus swung the pantsinator out a little bit too far, and now we hear that uh, Vampirilla uh, is getting a relaunch over at Dynamite, and she's going to be wearing pants in that as well. Seriously? Yes. In You're fact, kidding me, right? I'm looking at an image right now. This is from, um, let's see, what is his name? Wagner Rice. Wagner Rice. R-E-I-S-S. Uh, I'm looking uh-huh. at an image that he's drawn, and she's kind of like wearing a pair of pants and a trench coat and sunglasses. I don't know if this is just huh. a, a thing gimmick at the beginning. Um, or maybe what do you think of Vampirella of in hands? I'm torn because my inner feminist wants to look at the Vampirella costume and go, oh, 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 it's so terrible. Right. Because you know, Rodrigo has pointed out that Vampirella essentially wears Nightcrawler's costume without the black bits. Mm-hmm. And for all intents and purposes, it's true. And if you look at, say, like an Adam Hughes Vampirella or some of the really old school um, Vampirellas by like early Ernie Cologne or the guys who used to work for uh, for uh, Blava Farber back in the day, Harris Comics. Yeah, I remember those guys, yeah. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you actually look at those images, they're inc- incredibly well crafted. So right. part of me 
you know, part of me isn't looking at it from the perspective of, is it better for the character or, you know, is it better? Part of me is just going, I love the art that Archie, you know, the, the guys put and the stories that Archie Goodwin wrote and all of the, you know, all of the history of Vampirella in her teeny tiny outfit Mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, the pants probably aren't going to make that much of a difference, but part of me still wants to scream blasphemy. Yeah. I'm actually bothered. I'm going to go off on a tangent for a moment. Go ahead. I'm actually bothered by a recent occurrence that seems to be happening a lot more often in our comments and our web board. All right. Whenever we have a discussion. You and I. About, say, a character. Well, not we personally, but a lot of times amongst the spoilerites, you and I, Rodrigo, people start talking. Say, is it a good idea for Wonder Woman to have a new costume? Somebody always has to chime in by saying that the costume is inherently sexist. Sexist? Or that, that Thomas is, that know, costume is exploiting women. How dare she wear it's an insult, it's an insult on her booties. to all feminists that she ran around like this. What I really, okay. really like are we, there's those yeah. people that, that say that and then, you know, two days later go, man, did you see so-and-so the way Amanda Connor drew her? Hubba hubba zoot zoot. Woot woot. Well, that's what I say. I... I think that it is very true and, you know, very much a problem that comic books are primarily written and drawn by males. Right. For the enjoyment of primarily males. And, you know, I'll, I'll grant you this lady death. When we, when we used to have lady death, there were right. a pretty sizable gay female population who read lady death for pretty much the same reason that the hetero, the hetero males did. It's not that there's anything wrong with that inherently in and of itself. Right. You know, and I, I get that there's sexism and I get that sexism is an issue, but I don't feel like we need to completely, you know, we need to keep beating this particular dead horse. Do we need to have more representation of females? Absolutely. Do we need to have more female artists, more female writers, more female characters in primary roles? Yes. Do we need to have stronger females? Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean that because 55 years ago, somebody created a character who was wearing the equivalent of a bathing suit, that it's something that we need to rail about and get Gloria Steinem involved. Yeah. In fact, I think Gloria Steinem is a fan of Wonder Woman. I seem In to recall reading somewhere. Hard to say. I seem to recall reading somewhere, though, that Steinem is a big fan of the character of Wonder Woman. So hmm. it's not necessary to, you know... I guess it's not really necessary to continuously beat this particular dead horse. Right. If we want to make a change, beating a dead horse, yelling about it in the forums is not going to do it. But you know what is going to do it? Dollars. When Amanda Connor does wonderful art on Power Girl, buy the damn book. You know, yes, because that even sends a message did. that sends a message that, hey, this book is doing so well. Let's get one of our good teams on it, like Judd Winnick. Shut your face. But, you know, and I think it is problematic that Marvel said, we need to hire more women. Right. So let's get them all together and pay them for one job and stick it all together in an anthology called Girl Comics. Let's Jim Crow all of our female characters. Jim Crow, by the way, is uh, the new Captain America sidekick. (laughs) I think that's what the Falcon's going to call himself in Heroes for Hire, Jim Crow. Now... That was probably offensive, and I apologize to all of our listeners. Anyway. I've got the uh, Twitter feed going on right now, and I just sent out a, 
a tweet that's saying, hey, ask major spoilers and Matthew anything at this moment as we record this show. And so I'm not going to respond to people. Uh, answers will kind of, let me right. just type this. And, and, a, N, sir, ers, W, <laughs> will, uh, appear on the week in show. All right. So hopefully people will, uh, will ask us some questions, including this one. Now, granted, we haven't gotten our new comics this week. But maybe we can kind of summarize or come up with a list. Uh, Average Joe says, favorite comic this week for both of you? Well, I, I will say that as we record this on Tuesday, I still haven't read all of the comics from last week. But uh, for this week, as I go down the list, uh, I don't see anything from Dark Horse. Uh, Batman mm-hmm. Streets of Gotham, Fables, Flash number five. Green Lantern Corps will probably be on my list. I don't know if I'm, I really don't know if I'm going to get this Justice League of America anymore. Um, what about Legion of Superheroes? Should I get that? Um, well, are we talking about this week, Wednesday? This week, Wednesday, the 22nd. Um, I don't know. I mean, Legion has been kind of a mixed bag for me. Legion has been, you know, Chuck Jones. Yes, I do recall his wacky antics many a time as a young youth. You know how Chuck Jones did amazing Wiley Coyote cartoons and amazing Tom and Jerry cartoons, but yes, and then he after went all a crazy while, wacky woo. Yes, yeah, after a while, it wasn't the same. Yes, right now the Legion is that for me. Ah, okay. So um, I don't know. Let me go to MajorSpoilers.com. Right before I call the Major Spoilers hotline, 785-727-1939. I will also be picking up Five Days to Die number four from IDW because it's a month-long series, five one issue a week for all five weeks in the month of September. Uh, from Image Comics, uh, Matthew loves it when I do that. Uh, Walking Dead, probably. Uh. Uh, let's it see, reminds Marvel. me of something, but I can't remember what it reminds me of. <laughs> Marvel, probably I will pick up Ultimate Spider-Man number 14, but that's probably it. I think it, I would it have may liked remind to have me of one in... of those uh, G.I. Joe shorts that they did. Oh. Did you ever see those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pork chop sandwiches! Oh. Uh, I would have liked to have gotten into Shadowland, but it looks like it has exploded <laughs> into too many different uh, <laughs> titles, so I won't follow that. Let's see, we've got... Yeah, as with anything... Oh, let's see. I'm trying G. to go I into the to the mil- Duck, Darkwing Duck number four. I'll get um, Red Sonya fifty one. I'll probably get Dracula Company this of Monsters from the, Boom Studios. This week is the make or break for me for Flash and the Spirit. Mm, you go white five six issue Spirit number six comes out this week. Yep, Spirit six Flash five. If I am not it's suitably impressed and tied in, they're both leaving the pull list for me. Okay. Um, think about picking up Five Days to Die. It's actually a really if, if, yeah. You those are really good books. I've really enjoyed them. It's really kind of weird because you know it starts off as kind of this revenge kind of thing, but then it you instantly recognize at the end of the first issue that this guy is kind of wacky. He's, he's seen ghosts where there aren't ghosts and he's really running away from his real responsibility. And then in the second issue, they address it saying, uh, no, we didn't order a hit on this guy. And yet he comes after them and is trying to kill them anyway. It's just, I don't, I haven't read uh, week three yet and week four comes out this week. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what goes on there. The art is fantastic. I think, uh, the story is really weird, but it's, it's very entertaining. 
Uh, let's see yeah. if there's anything else. That's probably, I think that's about it for me. You've got on your list this week, what, Flash, Green Lantern, Dynamo Justice League? Dynamo 5 is out this week, and I'm totally looking yeah. forward to it. Um, I read, but don't necessarily buy Walking Dead. There's yeah. like four Avengers titles this week. I think Secret and... Uh, Avengers, Avengers Secret Academy, Secret Avengers. Academy and Avengers. Oops. Power Girl, I'm still on board. Legion, um, Darkwing Duck... Yeah, I'm gonna Sonic get the Hedgehog is out this week. Jughead. You know, I, I say I'm going to get Prince of Perch. I say I'm going to get Darkwing Duck number four. We got it. I mean, uh, um, we do. Studios gives we us a, a, an advanced copy. I think one of our new writers. You know, we should do tomorrow. One. What's that? We should do our red our our dueling review. DW number four sounds fine by me. If this other writer doesn't do it first, fine by me. Um. You know, we we say that we we get these copies for free from from Boom Studios. They give us an electronic copy for review. I still buy a lot mm-hmm. of their their titles just because I love the stuff and want to support the company and what they do. So, um, speaking of Boom, we have titles, a question. Yeah, we do have a question um, from Ben Five. I have a question. I'm sorry, Bean Five Twenty Five. Let me ask you this question. Bean Five Twenty Five. It's specifically from Matthew. He says Mark Wade once wrote the Legion Index. Now that you've done their hero histories, are you on his knowledge level? Well, yes and no. And I think that the the simple answer for that is that Mark Wade is always going to be a level above me because he wrote the Legion twice, Mm -hmm. which means that there may be things about the Legion that he knows that never actually made it into the books. Like the secret of uh, Archie Legion, Invisible Kid and Kondo Arlick being a couple. Right. So I would say I'm not on... I'm not necessarily playing in the same ballpark, but we're at least on the same sport. We have two questions from the facey space, Steve. Oh, we do. Why is people? Yes, on we the do. Space? I put the same thing up on the on oh, the facey okay. space that you put up on the, on the Tweety page. Oh, okay. What are the facey space people saying? Uh, Callum, faithful spoiler at Callum, wants to know if we have read DC's Tangent Universe. I have read the Tangent and Universe. Are, are we familiar? And what's our thoughts on it? Well, the Tangent Universe was one of those week five events where DC Comics mm-hmm. said, hey, look, we really don't have anything scheduled for this. I, a couple of times a year, a month has five weeks, just like September has five weeks in it. But instead of coming out right. with a book in that fifth week, they would come up with this big event. And one of them was this Tangent Universe where characters you know are slightly askew from what you're aware of. So like the Green Lantern uh, was this old woman who would wander through the graveyard with a green lantern and she was uh it was, she was very almost girl yeah. yeah she was very mystic there was a female flash all of these things when it was originally launched it was a good idea i thought it was a really interesting concept to explore these characters yeah. in a different way than what we've done before in like earth 2 or earth 3 or anything like that um when countdown to final crisis came about and we had re- reintroduced the 52 universes with the tangent universe being part of that, they tried to force um, that universe into the regular continuity again, and they had a 12-issue return to the tangent universe or whatever it was. I reviewed yeah, almost every issue up on the major Superman's spoilers. Superman's Reign. Yes, that's what it was. And it was a 12-issue series where the tangent heroes, basically uh, the Superman of that world had become the tyrant, and they were this ragtag group of people who were trying to dispose of him or depose him. 
and they sucked in Green Lantern and Flash, and I forget who else from this world, and then there was a big crossover, and it was pretty crazy. And, and, you know, I think sometimes when you create unique stories or you create these unique twists like the Tangent Universe or maybe a better example, Kingdom Come, sometimes it's better to just play with that for what it is for that one week or those four issues or those five issues or that maxi series or whatever, and then stop going to the well again and again and again. It's like Rodrigo said about 1602. If it sells, they'll go back to it. I liked tangent with the exception of one three word sentence. Okay. Too much Jurgens. <laughs> Dan Jurgens is who is ironically named in that a lot of his work feels like masturbation. Um, Dan Jurgens is a great artist. I like Dan's work, but as a writer, he never really pushes my buttons. And I feel like Tangent had a lot of Dan's preoccupations to it, with the atom being central to everything. But there were some parts of it that were just amazing. I loved um, the Captain Boomerang story. Mm-hmm. in uh, Tales of the Green Lantern. I loved the new Flash. You know, the little Paris Hilton girl who could turn oh, yeah, into yeah, yeah. energy. Right. Um, there were parts of it that I thought were just phenomenal. I liked the Metal Man a little bit. If it weren't for the art of Tom Grummet, I would say that Secret Six was an unmitigated success. But Grummet was in the middle of his phase where everybody looked like, you know, a 16-year-old with a rat tail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was kind of off-putting to me. Um, the Joker story, the second Joker issue, actually. In the Tangent was Universe? Was amazing. Yeah, the Tangent Universe had two runs. There was uh, the initial Tangent break, and then right. there was a second set that came a little bit later. Oh, I remember the that The second one. Joker that one shot was really good. Yeah. I liked it up to the point where it creates the same problem that the Ultimate Universe does in that... These characters have the same names as characters we know. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm remembering two versions of the continuity. One where Wolverine died horribly and one where I only wish Wolverine died horribly. <laughs> and then they, they compound the whole thing by releasing X-Men Forever, another alternate universe in which Wolverine dies horribly. I was reading X-Men Forever the other day and I I, I actually tied it all together. I thought for a minute that it was in the ultimatum universe, the ultimate universe. And I had to go back and, you know, untwist the continuity, which, you know, really didn't work for me. We have another spacey space question. Okay. Another facey space question. This one is from faithful spoiler at James. He actually has three questions. Okay. Uh, the answers are yes, no, and lots of things, but, uh, <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> James's first question. Actually, I think it's his second question because my facey space just locked up. Uh One of his questions was, will we ever, here we go. How do you feel about sidekicks? Question one. The answer is yes. Yes. I like sidekicks. I think they serve their role as, as uh, bringing in the younger, um, the younger fan into that, into that universe of comics. And I'll give you a good example. Um, my son, my son Likes Batman. I'm glad that he likes Batman. I think he likes the Marvel Universe a little bit better, so, you know, he's already being written out of the will as we speak. Um, Right. But 
I was never able to really get him into Batman, the Brave and the Bold, because he just thought it was a little weird. He didn't like the art. There was some stuff that that scared him. But I put it on his iPad and I said, here, just, you know, just watch or something. And he found this episode that's about the sidekicks, Robin and Speedy and Aqualad. And there may have been one more, but I know it was those three coming together to defeat the bad guys while the big superheroes were caught up in something else. And he just fell in love with these young kids doing all of these big wondrous things. And so now he enjoys watching Batman to the point where the Starro, the Seizure Starro um, episodes that came out last week and this week, he's just all over it. He wants to watch them again and again and again. He likes Star Wars, the Clone Wars, not because of the lightsaber fighting, but because of uh, Ahsoka, uh, what's her name, Ahsoka Tano or whatever her name is. And she's essentially a sidekick uh, Jedi. She is a young person, and he can identify with the young person better than he can with Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I like that idea. Now, to the greater extent of putting children in danger, meh, I mean, that's a bigger discussion. What about you, Matthew? the, the, The sidekick definitely has a place for me. If only because they can be fun. Wally West becoming the Flash was fun. The initial story with the Teen Titans in Grover's Corners against Mr. Twister was fun. Uh, the animated series episode where Robin became Nightwing and Speedy appeared was fun. You know, I like them in a conceptual way. It's like saying, whether do sidekicks work for me is like saying, do funny animals work? depends on who's doing the writing and what they're trying to do with it. Right. Captain Carrot and the zoo crew was amazing. You know, black sad wasn't funny, but, uh, <laughs> Xander and Willow are sidekicks. They were great. It's true. And the sidekick, I mean, in the superhero realm, the sidekick has become pretty maligned. And I think for bad reasons. And I think part of the reason they're being maligned is Jason fucking Todd. Forgive right. my French. Right. One of the worst characters ever, a poorly conceived character who was hastily reworked and then revamped and then retconned and then murdered and then retconned again. No. So, no. But, yeah, I think they work. And one of my favorite books of all time that we definitely need to review on the podcast is Brat Pack. Yeah, you've mentioned that which a couple is of times. The story of basically four sidekicks who are forced to grow up and deal with, you know, some really nasty stuff. Yeah. And uh, the Brat Pack is bleak and it is unyielding and it is horrible. And it is quite possibly one of the worst and most disturbing stories you will ever read. Even and yet it's boys? still amazing. The boys isn't depressing. Oh, okay. not in the oh, least. I thought you said, okay. Okay. Now what's the, what's the second question? His second question is, Will you ever let your wives on the podcasts? The I don't think my no. wife really. I don't think my wife really has a desire to be on. Um, before my son was born, when we actually had time to do fun things, um, she yeah. was getting into comics, and I could get her to talk about comics, but um, she's just not been into comics recently, and I don't think she'd want to come on. To be honest, I mean, nothing against you guys. I just don't know what she'd talk about because no. she hasn't read comics in a long time. See, my wife would love to be on the show. I just don't think she could generate the time. Yeah. Um, she actually, during the Saturday podcast, she usually comes home about halfway through 
the, the Tuesday show. And during the Saturday right. podcast, she will usually be hopping around and threatening me and making rude gestures and handing me notes as she's been doing tonight. But like, let's say like, I don't what? have a problem with my wife Get being off. on the show. In fact, the Get original, the show, the original, the plan for critical hit was for Stacy to be mm-hmm. our fifth player, I believe. Right. Yep. It and was. that fell through in that she could never, you know, sit down for five hours at a time. Right. And, and now pro- she's back part of that problem is with like kids. Tony Manero. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily the kid in this place because we have other people who can watch the kid. She yeah. just can't devote time to anything that takes more than 10 minutes because, well, frankly, her attention span doesn't go much further than that. Stop <laughs> giving me the finger, woman. Um, third, his third, third question. Third question. Uh, We've already started to answer in the beginning of the show, uh, what other hobbies do we have? And I think we covered that in the collection portion. But Well, collections, but I also I have play ukulele. I play ukulele. Um, hobbies, hobbies, hobbies. That's about it. You know, I do enjoy doing the podcast. I enjoy. I was telling students today that, you know, I, I end up doing all of these things that I am passionate about and that I have a love for because it keeps me out of trouble and... What is it? What's the idle minds and idle hands or the work of the devil? And, uh, and if I didn't have things to preoccupy my time, I could be into so much trouble that I don't want to get into. So that's why I do those other things. But really the only other hobby is, is ukulele and, and you know, the other stuff that we talked about. I I have a number of hobbies, um, but most of them are, you know, side bits. I write for this website that this guy that (laughs) I knew in college came up with. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, um, I, Hector. one of the things that I do on a professional level is quote things. Um, right. that's a hobby for me. George Carlin, you know, yeah. dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in sure. detention for whatever it is that we did wrong. And sure. what we did was wrong, but we think you're crazy to make us write this essay. See, you're just weird. <laughs> How am I weird? I cannot remember the my stuff word works. for word. I know it's just you're wired so but different than I am. This is how my brain – this is what I love about stories. When I read stories, and Rodrigo has pointed this out, for me, the moment that sells that is not the music on the soundtrack or the acting. It's the moment where John Bender – you know, Judd Nelson is climbing through the ceiling and Bender right. is like naked blonde walks into a bar, a poodle under one arm and a three-foot salami under the other – Bartender yeah. says, I don't suppose you'll be needing a drink. <laughs> that's the part of the movie that's amazing to me. The people, you know, the dialogue and the moments and the sequences and the interactions are what really stick in my head. So yeah. when something is good, I will remember it. Uh, in 1966, Mike Nesmith, guitarist for the Monkees, did a whole episode based on his character, Mike his character was named Mike. They almost named him WH wool hat, but Mike didn't want to be called that because well, he wore a wool hat and they wanted to call him wool hat. Yeah. But in any case, Mike in the, in the show, Mike, the character ran for mayor. And one of the things that Mike and the character did was try to find his platform. And one of his platforms was, and I quote, I shall hunker down like a jackass in a hailstorm. Dot, dot, dot. And there are times when that line pops out of my head for no reason at all. I think Torque has said it at least once. And I don't realize I'm doing it until I'm listening to the podcast. And I'm like, why did I? S- oh, right. That <laughs> stuck in my head for 20 years. Because I first saw those yeah. things in the summer of 86 when they were big yeah. on MTV. 
Yep. You know, so that's just the way my mind works. Anyway, someone else had a question. Hector, Hector Busnuts says, who makes better ah, comedies? Hector. Who makes better comedies, TV and film, Brits or the Yanks? And I think he's, I, I can't remember if he's a Brit or not, but who makes better comedies, Brits or Yanks? Using the phrase Yanks makes me think that he's either British or that he's an Anglophile. So who what, makes what better it? comedies, the Brits or the Yanks? Yes. You want the honest answer? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I guess it depends because on your mindset the, because, you know, I really love, there are some really great comedies out there uh, on yeah. both sides of the of the pond, and I love them both yeah. dearly. But whenever you do say, when you do ask me um, comedies, Brits or Yanks, the things that come to my mind more often are the British comedies than than our own comedies. I mean, there are some great ones out there, but yeah. when you're talking about Monty Python and you're talking about um, when you're talking about, uh, I guess the boys in the hall aren't uh, Brits, but they're, for, the they're kids international. In the hall. They're Canadian. Kids in the hall. Yeah, they're Canadian. A. A. Um, or when you talk about well, uh, some of the other stuff that's that's out there, you know, the um, uh, the guy that does the um, that crap at uh, Run Fat Boy Run and Shaun of the Dead and uh, yeah, I find those um, incredibly Wee Huey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't can't remember his name. Uh, Simon Pegg. Yeah, that's who it is. Average Joe, uh, think... you want to answer? Do you have anything to answer beyond yes? Oh, yeah, I have a lot to answer. And this is, you know, we can ask questions like, who's funnier, George Carlin or Eric Idle? Oh, and, well, you know, hmm, that geez, isn't that's, that's an unanswerable question. Pretty obvious, I think. <laughs> that is an unanswerable question. You know, Based if you preference. say to me, would I rather watch Bill Hicks? Or would I rather watch an episode of Red Dwarf? Uh, I'm not going to make that kind of distinction. You know, even things that are awful, and, you know, by awful, I mean Dane Cook. Right. It's funny. Dane Cook is funny. You know, if you've ever seen Employee of the Month, which is a terrible movie I, featuring terrible people. I have seen that people, movie, but it's got, uh, you know. This is an 81 Honda. How dare you, sir? I love that line. <laughs> Dane Cook can be funny. So I, I think that the answer is it's not really it's not really about whether being British is inherently funnier. Uh-huh. I think that there are a lot of people who don't get British humor, but if you say to me who's funnier, the three stooges or Monty Python, boy, I don't right. know. You know, are the two Ronnies funnier than Laurel and Hardy? Depends on what your you know, it depends on your mood and your mindset. Because I think they're all funny. We have a yeah. question from the Facey space. Okay, and I've got two more on the uh, Twitter space. Go it's, ahead. It's a uh, Facey space question. Spoiler at James. It's a different James. He has four questions. The oh, answers questions. are crap. nothing, none of your business, nothing, and because of editorial and meddling. Question one, what would you do for a Klondike bar? I really don't like, you know, I'm not a big dessert eater, which is really funny. Um, growing up, I didn't, we just didn't have dessert. Cause, part cause of the you're movie. fat. <laughs> well, that too. I mean, that's the irony, right? Uh, but you know, growing I up, dessert was cool. just not part of the meal. Dessert was mm. holidays and birthdays. You had a cake and some ice cream kind of stuff. You didn't have cookies after dinner. Right. You didn't have those kinds of things. And so it was a special occasion. And even on Thanksgiving on a holiday, when it came time to eat the pumpkin pie, you finished dinner. 
You waited an hour or two so that the the women folk could clean up. I'm just joking there, uh, but that's how it seemed to be. You know, I would I would lay down uh, on the floor with my grandfather, and he'd read me a book, and we'd both fall asleep for an hour or two. Then we'd wake up, and then we'd have pumpkin pie. And so it was always something that a dessert was way beyond that. So when it comes to ice cream and cake, I'm just not an ice cream or cake person, even when it comes to a um, you know an ice cream sandwich or something like that. Or even my birthday, my wife bought a great uh, ice cream cake from from uh, Dairy Queen for my birthday, mm-hmm. and we've eaten half of it. And I've been my birthday was over like a month ago, so it's uh, I'm not mm-hmm. a, and I'm not a dessert person. What about you, Matthew? What would you do for a Klondike bar? Nothing. My chocolate bars need to have sticks, or else they melt ah, all over my hands. Yes. Uh, question question, question two. Uh, what are your politics? I don't discuss my politics. Well, I think I don't know if I've said it before. I don't know if I've said it before, but I'm a libertarian, so it, I'm, uh, it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Libertarian. Remember, you can't spell lunatic without lib. Never mind. <laughs> well, wait, Boxers <laughs> or briefs is question three. Why? Why do you want to know that? That's, that's kind of the way I am, too. That's a little pervy. And question four, why is Paul Levitt's latest run on Legion so all over the place? The answer, of course, editorial meddling. Yes, exactly. Med- exactly. It's called meditorialing. Uh, Average Joe asks again, would you rather see Ryan Reynolds in a Deadpool movie or an RIPD movie? I what's an RIPD movie? Uh, R.I.P.D. is that other thing that he's doing. Um, I think it's like, uh, I thought he was doing Green Lantern. He is. That guy needs to slow down. How about that? Maybe he needs to I would rather see him in Van Wilder 3. <laughs> Van <Right> Wilder. <laughs> Van Wilder. No, I, w- I think Van Wilder 3 would be great because, you know, it's to the point now where Van's kid might be in college. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, his father was, in fact, Otter, I believe. I think it was Otter from uh, from uh, Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> R-I-P-D. Who did Tim Mathis play? R- Ripta. Yeah, Ripta. A recently slain cop joins a team of undead police officers working for the Rest in Peace Department and tries to fan- find the man who murdered him, based on the comic by Peter M. Linkov. Well, heck, that sounds a lot more interesting. By, uh, Ros- Rosario said, Dawson? I don't know. It sounds a lot more. In- well, maybe it is. Uh, it sounds a lot more interesting than uh, than Deadpool. I'll, I'll just say that. I'm not familiar with either. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really interested in either property, and I can take or leave Ryan Reynolds. So Yeah. Um, Sam Lowe, 09 Sam Lowe. She's uh, somebody that does the Almost Friday show. Uh, uh-huh. Their video podcast that they have. Will you ever consider coming to Canada for a convention like Fan Expo or something? You sure, fly we'll our butts it. up there. We'll get on the plane. <laughs> yeah, we'll consider it. Um, Vista, Vista Papalus. Vista uh, please make sure that you're going to have to Kevin Smith buy two seats. <laughs> Which comic series do you have read? What? Which comic series do you have reread more times? Have we reread? That's the question, Steve. Which comic English series is not do you everyone's have primary language. Let's oh, I know. I'm just saying that's it threw me okay. there. Which comic series have you reread uh, the most? How about we just say that? Okay. Uh, probably Dark Knight Returns. Probably for me. 
Uh, probably Ghost Rider Volume One. All right, next uh, question. <laughs> so tying back into uh, the Batman uh, end of that other question, what's Amata says, what do you think are the subliminal messages in the Dark Knight, if any, or the Batman comics in general? Are there subliminal messages in Batman and the Dark Knight? There are. Um, the Joker is very, very disturbingly homoerotic. That's one thing, and I think in the Dark Knight Returns, are, are you talking about the the Dark specifically? Knight Returns yeah, in Dark Knight Returns. Okay, or you, I didn't know if you were talking about the uh, the the Dark Knight movie. No, I'm talking about the Dark Knight Returns comic. Oh, okay. um, I haven't yeah, seen I would the agree Dark with that Knight there. movie, enough. and I think that you know that's a subtle hidden message on on you know Frank Miller's part. I don't know if it's intentional, um, you know, if it's intentional homophobia or if it just comes across that way. In that, you know, the Joker is basically just an overall horrible perv. Um, as far as hidden messages, I'll be honest with you. That book was inked with a sledgehammer, and yeah. a lot of the points were hammered home the same way. Not a whole lot of subtle subliminal messages in there. Um, I know that Tyler Durden appears for a second before he actually shows <laughs> up. If you're watching closely in the sequence where uh, Bruce Banner is at the doctor. <laughs> Although I may be thinking of a different movie. I, you know, I don't, to be honest, I don't look for any kind of uh, subliminal message means they're trying to, you know, buy more Batman tickets, send major spoilers <laughs> money, send major spoilers money, you know, all over something Dragon else. So I don't think there's, a, it's, it's kind of like saying, oh, you know, uh, uh, there's a penis in the, uh, in the castle of the little mermaid cover, whatever. I mean, really? I don't think that's a subliminal message trying to encourage little girls to have sex. I don't think having the word sex spelled perfect. out in the cover, I, that's probably pervy, but it's not subliminal. Um, are it's there not messages sex, by the way, in stories? SFX. Well, whatever it is. Uh, Special effects. I don't, think there's a, I don't think that there's a subliminal message in comic books. I really don't. Now, there may be a hidden message that you have to deduce from what the writer is, is trying to, to tell you. But really, I read the comic mostly on the very surface level, to be honest, most of the time, unless it's something that has a b deep subject like what we reviewed on Tuesday with Black Sad, where you actually have to dig into the surface of what they're trying to say. Most of the time, especially superhero comics, I'm reading them on the surface of, here's a story, it's my 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 15 minutes of you know, popcorn entertainment, let's move on. Um, I think that the, the, the biggest message in comics that I'm troubled by is that the status quo is always right because superheroes basically exist to support the existing status quo, you know, right. The, the lawmakers and the lawgivers and the people who may or may not be, you know, so when they do that weird story, there's a real, the very much of a liberal overtone actually to a lot of comics, which I think could be perceived as everything. Well, it could be, but you know, when the, when the, when you uh, when you get politics in comic books, yeah, you get problems, right? You, you know, you speaking of politics in comics, comic and, and books problems. are written in very broad strokes, and, and politics are much subtler, right? You know, back when we were doing the uh, Cerebus uh, podcast, uh, and I and we were talking about Dave Sims and and uh, um, misogyny. You know, I, I have not ever read, to, to be honest, I've never read any of his comments. 
So when I was saying, I don't know if this is what he said, I don't know. I've not read any of his stuff, so I can't say whether he's misogynist or not, right? Uh, I, I can't, mm. I, you know, somebody else could tell me something. I'd say, well, I, you know, maybe so. I, I haven't read it, so I can't comment either that way. Sure so it sounds like something. Yes, it sounds like something, but unless I know for sure that he said it or wrote it or whatever, I, I can't really say whether he said, wrote it or uh, commented about it. And uh, Dr. Peter Coogan sent me an email saying, oh, no, 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 he really is. He did say this stuff. And I was like, well, that's fine. I haven't, uh, haven't read it, so I can't really comment on it. Now, you, Matthew, you've read all of his stuff, right? I mean, you've read his writings where he yep. comes out and, and uh, jumps yep. all over women as lesser beings. And, so. uh, I mean, he's, he's very derogatory of feminism. Uh, right. Dr. Coogan makes a very valid point in that I believe it's issue 186 of Cerebus, um, mm-hmm. where there is a, a piece and it, you know, it's written, it's part of, um, it's part of an arc where reads or little pamphlets, little screeds like Thomas Paine used to write are part of the story. Right. But there's one that essentially talks about humanity where mm-hmm. men are lights. Men are, you know, these energy wellsprings and women are voids that, you know, mm. women literally suck. And suck my opinion out, yeah. of it. Yeah. My opinion of it is essentially no more valid than anybody else's. And as I said during that show, whatever I think about it and of the three of us, I think I probably have the most. Uh, familiarity. I'm probably the, I've read probably most of it, but you can say that you can, you can be angry of what Dave Sim thinks about feminism, but you don't live with Dave Sim and none of us know Dave Sim. And I got a little frustrated when people were like, well, the Dave Sim I know wouldn't do that. And if you know Dave Sim, that's fine. But if you are basing what you know about Dave Sim on reading Dave Sim's work, then you don't know Dave Sim. And if you, you know, if you read that one issue of Cerebus, Cerebus Hubahala, and decide that Dave Sim is a horrible, anti-feminist, terrible person, I feel like you're just as irresponsible as somebody who says, well, Dave Sim can't believe that because I don't believe that he would believe that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's well, just the a same, question that's... of... Question of what? Go ahead, I'm sorry. It, I think it's, it's a question of everybody has a specific p- perspective on life. And right. Dave's is focused from what Dave does. I mean, if he talks about, you know, say, uh, women as, as dominating other people and completely, you know, overwhelming men and, you know, being psychotic, that's Dave's perspective on the world. And if you actually read... You know, if you go and you read what Dave is doing, Dave in the, in the last probably 150 issues of Cerebus was looking for himself as much as anything else and looking for, mm. you know, God and spiritualism in the universe. And he was trying to find something. And when he found it, he found it. You know, if yeah. it's controversial to you, if it's problematic to you, then it's problematic. But yeah. I don't necessarily believe that even reading the story that he wrote that has what I believe to be, or if I were to believe, I guess I should say, I'm going to hedge my bets on this. <laughs> if I were to believe that, they, if, if, if I were to believe that these are misogynist thought processes, that's, you know, that's Dave's business. And if I were to read that and be offended, then I should stop reading Dave's stuff. 
That doesn't mean yeah. that Dave is a horrible person. That doesn't mean that Dave isn't a horrible person. I don't know if Dave's a horrible person, but Dr. Coogan is right. The things that we were referring to as theoreticals, I mm-hmm. know, happen and, and were stated. So, yeah, he's, he's right. They, they were there and they happened. Okay. Well, I'm just clearing that up because, you know, sometimes we'll, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to comment on something that I haven't really read and I'm not going to go off the rumor right. base because you know how those people are. Those people. Those. Black Time Lord. Black Time Lord says, and he must be from the future because he says, do you think the new Avengers and Green Lantern movies will be any good? What about that next Riddick film? There's a next Riddick film? (laughs) (laughs) What are your thoughts on a Green Lantern movie or Avengers movie, Matthew? I'm sure they'll be good. Ah. My favorite superhero movie was written by Louis C.K. and featured a hero by the name of Pootie Tang. Oh, here we go. Pootie Tang (laughs) is a perfect superhero movie. Superheroes adapted to movies are seldom as effective for me. I was not one of those people who fell over in orgasmic bliss uh, at The Dark Knight. I was not one of those people who went through Watchmen and went, oh, my God, you know, it's it's the next Citizen Kane. It was a clever movie. It was a fun movie. It had some really great parts. And it touched on a lot of the, you know, the surface craft of what I liked about the original. I'm not a huge Green Lantern fan. Uh, I think Hal Jordan is an enormous swinging dick. So I, I really don't have a whole lot of interest in seeing a Hal Jordan movie. I'm bothered by the Avengers movies simply because the Iron Man movie was a distillation of like 30 years of Iron Man stories into one big flamma-lamma-lamma-lamma. And I'm pretty sure that the Captain America film and the Thor film are probably going to be similar, taking all the best bits from 35 years of Thor to where when we have to do a sequel, they'll have to come up with Thor fighting the rainbow people of Omicron 12 and their exploding squirrel weaponry. Not just the rainbow people, the double rainbow people. Uh, what does it mean? But <laughs> Mr. <yeah>, Dystopia, <laughs> Mr. Dystopia wants to know who would win in an arm wrestling match. Who would win? Uh, out of whom? I don't know. Uh, that's the. That's if he the, that's you the and I, probably me, unless I was probably. using my left hand. Because you got the better weight. Uh, I've got skinny arms, surprisingly. Oh, all Maybe right. I, I can carry and lift a lot of stuff. Oh, my a, arms are really thin. Okay. No, 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 no. You've got more mass behind your arm. Uh, oh, so it is a fat joke. Right. <laughs> no, it's not a fat joke. You are just bigger matched in size <laughs> than I am. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. I was at the grocery store the other day, and my kid is now big enough to where I put her in the cart, not to keep her uh, safe, but to keep her out of trouble. Right. She's four foot three, and I stick her in the cart, and people are like, why do you have that 10-year-old in the cart? And I'm like, shut up and mind your business, lady. <laughs> and she was in the cart, and she didn't want to be in the cart. So I, I walked around to the side of the cart. I grabbed her, and I put her in uh, the classic Samoan drop position from wrestling. Right, right. So I've, I've got her left leg, and she's got her arm wrapped around my arm, and her head is hanging down under my right armpit. And she's like, ah! Ah, ah, ah. And all the people in the store are just like, what a terrible parent. And the kid and I are having a great time. And I carry her like this out to the car. 
And my wife is just like, I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you do that. I'm like, you're just jealous because you can't do it. <laughs> you can't hang her over your shoulders like that. So, yeah, there are a lot of things where, I, you know, I've been a human jungle gym for six years, so I have a lot of yeah, upper yeah, body yeah. strength. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I have no doubt that you'd probably win in an arm wrestling match until I touched you right in that yeah. one spot, spot on your wrist, and you'd crumble like a little glass. Uh, it's actually back of my elbow. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Top three comic characters. In, uh, in order? Yeah, it doesn't have to be in order. My top three? Yes. My very favorite, 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 favorites of all yes. time. Favorites, favorites. Yes, exactly. I'm going to say, and you're going to be surprised. No, I won't. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Hulk. Okay. I'm going to say the Flash. Okay. And I'm going to say probably. God, it's a toss-up for that third slot. Batman. It really is. It really is Batman. tough. I mean, it's very difficult. Batman. I would say Batman. God, Batman. that's difficult. Um, Batman. Batman. Probably Doctor Strange. See, this no subliminal stuff does not work. If you think there's subliminal messages in comics, doesn't work. Otherwise, Matthew would have crumbled and said, "Ass clown." Ass clown. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, for me, <laughs> for me, um, Batman, Flash, <laughs> Atomic Robo. Okay. Batman, so Flash, I have one Atomic for you, Robo. Steve. Sure, sure, sure. We got time for like two more. Did you know that? No, I didn't. This is true. The when when we speak of <laughs> cobras, did you know that? All not all of the snakes referred to as cobras are actually even related. There are I did not four know. different there are four different families and I think three different geniuses of snakes who are called cobra because of their ability to flatten their necks and, and expose right, their ribs and their, get that, yeah. that specific cobra hood. There are actually snakes that are not related to one another that are called cobras like the brown cobra for instance is no relation to the king cobra which by the way latin name ophiophagus henna why are you reading wikipedia pages i thought you were answering I'm not. facebook questions i'm not i'm actually this is something <laughs> that i know ophiophagus henna my friend is from the latin ophio snake phagus eater henna meaning giant right so the, right. the king cobra's latin name is giant snake eater yeah. Because the cobra is uh, the king cobra is such a big snake that it eats mostly other snakes. <laughs> is that not the awesomest thing ever? That sounds pretty awesome. I did not know that. One Indeed. more question. One more question. I have one from the facey space, or you can go from the thing. No, no, go from the face space. Facey space. Uh, faithful spoilerite Ian. Uh, also Hello, known Ian. as my college roommate, my college roommate's uh, wife's little brother. Hello, my college roommate's asks, wife's little brother. Ask for our thoughts on the dichotomy of good and evil and how writers have crossed over those stereotypical lines in current portrayals of heroes and villains. Oh, my goodness. Look at the time. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, we're out of time. 
Uh, look at me without my shoes. <laughs> so, Ophiophage is Hannah, right? <laughs> it's at least my final question you. was something easy like best collected edition. <laughs> I think that it, he makes a valid point, though. No, he does. He does. Go ahead. The heroes of 2010 engage in behaviors that would have been unthinkable even in 1980. You know, and, uh, oh, there was well, a time yeah, when the Valkyrie wasn't the Valkyrie wasn't allowed to use her sword for years in Defenders. She had to hit people with the flat of the blade. And I, I think it was uh, Deken rather than Wolverine, but one of the Wolverines uh, cut Frank Castle to pieces on panel not so long ago. Literally chopped him up and we saw his disembodied parts falling in an alley. Wow. That's kind of effed up. That's deep yeah. ogre. I thought so. Best collected edition. Mm, JLA Avengers. Okay, I'm going to say uh, any of the Atomic Robo collections. Because oh, you own America. stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I own stock in Atomic Robo, I'd have a nickel. What's that? I think we should start our own company. We should call it Jack Porkins Comics. Jet Porkins? The Adventures Jack of Porkins, Porkins Comics? You remember Porkins? Yes. Porkins! Porkins! Pull out! I can't hold it! I can't it. pull up. Stay on target. Stay on target. Ah, Porkins just crashed. There was no reason for too Porkins fat. to crash. No one shot him. He was just like, oh! He's too fat. I think he lost one of his stabilizers, didn't he? I don't I'm hit. Care. Stay on target. I'm hit. Stay on target. I'm too fat. Stay on target. Oh, <laughs> good times. All right, everybody. We got to get out of here because Matthew has to get up early in the morning. I have to be to work in four and a half hours. Ooh, I've got to get up early. This is too, what I do for you, faithful spoilerites, and you bastards what better appreciate be it. In six hours? Uh, never mind. I, I've still got a podcast <laughs> to put together. And post, it'll be my 1 a.m. Steven, and I do all this stuff because I want to, and then I like to murder myself so people think that I do it because I have to. <laughs> I, I That's do it how I, I talk, have to because I'm Steven. I, I tell you why I have to do it, because uh, uh, Scott Va says, I hope the new Major Spoilers podcast gets uploaded early tomorrow. I've got a two-hour trip to London, and it'd make perfect listening. Well, if he's talking about Wednesday show, that's going to be one sorry trip. <laughs> 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 all right everybody hopefully Wednesday rodrigo will be back <laughs> rodrigo will be back on tuesday or the next show i hope and we're going to be talking about wraithborn a book i better get cracking on reading so that i can talk about it whenever we talk about it on the next show which will be the next show after this <laughs> why remember Matthew? friends if you want to participate in the major spoilers <laughs> podcast your host <laughs> <laughs> yes call our hotline uh, listen to this guy talk here and we will talk with you real soon if you have any questions comments topic ideas for future shows or would like to sponsor a show send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com visit majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the major spoilers forum you can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers.
Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Star Raven, it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun Being in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast Copyright 2010